Good morning, church. My name is Lizzie, and I'm from the Centurion Life Group. Today's Bible reading is from the book of Luke, chapter 7, verse 36 to 50. One of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him, and he went into the Pharisee's house and took his place at the table. And behold, a woman of the city, who was a sinner, when she learned that he was reclining at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of ointment, and standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears, and wiped them with the hair of her head, and kissed his feet and anointed them with ointment. Now when the Pharisees who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answering said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he answered, say it, teacher. A certain moneylender had two debtors, one owed 500 denarii and the other 50. When they could not pay, he canceled the death of both. Now which of them will love him more? Simon answered, the one I suppose for whom he canceled the larger debt. And he said to him, you have judged rightly. Then turning towards the woman, he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But, who is, but he who is forgiven little, loves little. And he said to her, your sins are forgiven. Then those who were at the table with him began to say among themselves, who is this? Who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Lizzie. Um, let me do this. Good morning, everyone, again. Um, my name is Eddie. Um, I'm also, we've got lots of pastors here, one of the pastors here at Christ's Midrand. Um, and it's my privilege this morning to open God's word to you. That question we're looking at, um, why, we, why do I love Jesus? That question took me kind of down a rabbit hole and took me way back um, to a time when I can honestly say to you that I actually love nothing about Jesus. Um, back then, I went to enough Sunday school classes and enough uh, school assemblies to be able to tell you that uh, I knew that Jesus loved me, but I didn't want him to interfere in my life. Um, I was just set free from high school. I was in a boarding school. I went to university, and uh, I definitely wanted nobody to, uh, to kill my, my joy, to take away my freedom. Uh, the last thing I wanted was someone to pull up my handbrake again now that I've been set free. Um, but at university, uh, I met a few people, the weirdest people in the world, who actually loved Jesus. You know, they 
actions and their decisions, uh, their priorities were just so different to mine, and I just couldn't understand them. They, uh, you know that book, Men Are From Venus and Women Are From Mars, whatever? Yeah, Christians were from this other planet and the rest of us from planet Earth. That's what I thought about that. Um, and um, honestly, uh, I came to realize that I actually don't love anything about Jesus. I actually hated a few things about Jesus. And so um, that experience, I, I realized, wasn't new. That experience wasn't just my experience. Um, uh, Daniel talked about that experience. And in the Bible, our little passage today, we have that experience. We have two people uh, with completely different responses to Jesus. Pray. There's been a lot of praying happening in our, our service today. Uh, for you who are new, if you don't know what praying is, uh, it's just a simple way we talk to God, our Father in heaven. Um, the way he speaks to us is through his word. That's what the Bible is, is God speaking to us. And the way we respond or speak back to him in prayer. So I'm just going to pray a simple prayer to ask him to help us. So let's close our eyes. Father, thank you um, for your word. Um, thank you that you speak to us. Um, please will you help us this morning to understand what you're trying to tell us. And I pray this in your name. Amen. So if you have your Bible, we're going to look at that passage. Mine is on page 864. But if you have your Bible or maybe on your phone, it will be a good thing to have it open in front of you. Now in our story, there's three main characters. So we've got Simon, we've got Jesus, and we've got a woman. And this woman remains unknown or unnamed throughout the whole story. Simon is the host of a party. He invites Jesus to the party, and he's a Pharisee. Now, a Pharisee in those days were like a very important person, like a, a senior official in government, or maybe even a politician, a well-known person. Um, and so, when Simon invites you to his meal, his household dinner, it's quite a big deal. This meal, reasonably public event, uh, if you maybe want to think about it, the meal was inside, outside there, there, um, there was the red carpet was laid out, and the people brought their, you know, the Ferrari horses and the Lamborghini horses, and they would park out there, come down the red carpet, get to the front there, and then they would turn around and smile at those who came to look at them, so the town would be there, it's kind of an entertainment for them, they would smile, take pictures, uh, wave, and then come in, so it was a real celebrity get-together, this meal. Uh, the who's who of town was there. If you hosted this meal, you were quite a celebrity yourself. Um, so it said quite a bit of Simon that he could host this party and the people would actually come. Now, Jesus was invited. Jesus was a reasonable celebrity of his time. Um, Simon called him good a teacher, also called him uh, um, a prophet, Prophet in those days amongst the Jewish people was a person who spoke God's word to the people. And so people came from everywhere, from that town, from many other towns, and they wanted to see Jesus do his thing. Now, in terms of Jesus' celebrity status, that meant he is a kind of a star in the rising. And so Simon wanted to cash in on this, and he invited Jesus to the party, and Jesus was supposed to elevate the party, and for the youngsters amongst us, he brought the vibe. He brought the vibe to the party. So if Jesus brought the vibe to the party, the woman killed the vibe. Um, 
She, in verse 37, is called a woman of the city. She's called a sinner. That's just polite speech, uh, calling her a prostitute. Um, she walked down the red carpet. Nobody took a picture of her. Uh, she didn't stop. She didn't wave. All she got was whispers from the crowd. Uh, what is she doing here? Why is she here? But that didn't kill the vibe of the party. What killed the vibe of the party was inside the party. She came in. She walked to Jesus. Now, the way the meal happened, there was a food in the middle, and they were kind of lying down around the meal with their feet out. Uh, she came. She walked to Jesus' feet, and then she started crying. With her tears, she wet Jesus' feet. Then she let her hair down, something a, a woman of that day would never do, take the covering off, let her hair down. She then wiped Jesus' feet with her hair. And finally, she brought some very expensive perfume, or ointment as the Bible calls it, and she put it all over Jesus' feet. That was a serious uh, party killer, a party. Now, what she did was almost unthinkable, unfathomable. And um, many people said she did that because she was romantically attracted to Jesus. That's the way they could explain these actions, because they couldn't explain it any other way. But knowing uh, first century uh, Jewish person's feet who walks around in dusty roads with sandals, so I grew up on a farm, you know, I had sandals, I loved my sandals. I would go out amongst the cows and the poo and whatever uh, and come back. Um, it just doesn't work. Here, here's a dating tip for you guys. Try this. Go and try this. Put on your sandals. Walk for a whole day down a dusty road, one of these little small towns with animal poo everywhere, trying to dodge them, but, you know, we're not good at doing that, so we hit some of them. Then come home. Don't get washed. Go out on a date, go find, climb in your car, go find your date, go out on a date, and then ask your date to come sit next to your feet, or even touch your feet. I know that's a great dating tip, it will work first time every time, I can promise you that. So her response to Jesus was something much more than romantic attraction, there was something way deeper um, to what's going on here, especially if you compare it to Simon's response to Jesus. So I'm going to read a little bit from the Bible. So if you have your Bibles there, I'm going to read from verse 39. That's that small little number. Chapter 7, there's chapters and then verses. So verse 39. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him. For she is a sinner. Simon got angry at what Jesus did. How can you let this woman touch you? you? You're a prophet. You should know better. And especially you letting her do it at my party. You see, to Simon, for Simon, Jesus was there to elevate the party, to bring the vibe. But what he and this woman was doing was killing it. And so he had to act. And so... Clearly, when we look at the woman's response and we look at Simon's response, it's clear as day that there are different responses to Jesus. And we're actually starting to investigate, and this is the real question to ask, is why? Why does the woman respond like this and Simon respond like that? That is the real question. That's the question we need to delve into and to look into. 
The Bible, Jesus doesn't let us guess. Jesus puts his finger on why they respond so differently in our little story there. And he does it in a very, very beautiful, very natural way. He tells a little story. And then once he's finished the story, he uses the story to explain why she responds like this and why Simon responds the way he does. If you would like, Jesus is getting to the heart of their responses. So we're going to look at the story. Again, I'm going to just going to read from verse 39 onwards. Um, and we'll listen to the story as Jesus tells it. Now, when the Pharisee who had arrived saw, him, the, uh, saw this, he said to himself, if this man was a prophet, he would have known what sort of woman this was and who is touching him, for she's a sinner. And Jesus, answering, said to him, Simon, I've got something to say to you. And Simon answered, say it, teacher. And so here's the story. Jesus says, a certain moneylender had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. Then, um, so when he could not pay, when they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. Now, which of them will love him more? Jesus asked. Simon answered, the one, I suppose, for whom he canceled the larger debt. And Jesus said to him, you have judged correctly. Now, we missed the story because I have no idea what a denarii is. And I had to go and look this up. But one denarii equals one day's wages. So the one guy... Uh, owes 50 days wages and the other guy owes 500 days wages. If they couldn't pay it back in those days, what would happen? If I owed you money, I would become your slave and I had to work it off. So if I owed you 50 denarii, I owed you 50 days of work. 500, 500 days of work. There's a little twist in the story there. Um, if I owed you money, my wife and my kids owed you the money too. So it became a family slavery. So as a family, we had to go and work this debt off. So that upped the pressure a little bit. Knowing my wife and my kids, they wouldn't like that. But uh, um, most businesses in those days were seasonal businesses. So summer, winter, seasons, six months, six months. Fishing business, you'd fish for six months, and you, I don't know, fix your nets for six months. I don't know. Plant mealies, I know I'm a farmer, I go from there, you can plant in the fixed six months, you harvest, and then for the next six months, the land would lie dormant. Now, think about this. If you owed 50 days wages and you became a man's slave for 50 days, that's about half the season. Half the season you would work in somebody else's field, and the other half of the season you could actually come back, and if you manage your time and you worked a little bit harder, you could manage your field. You could do your quota of fishing. You could plant your millies. And it's not the end of the world. If you were a, a debt advisor here, you'd probably tell me that, Eddie, you can actually manage your debt very well doing that. That's 50 days. But if you owed 500 an area, that's almost two seasons. That means you're not managing your debt. Your debt is managing you. That means your fishing business or your planting business is down the tubes. That means you and your family will need more money to survive, which in turn means that you'll be the slave of this uh, money lender much longer, maybe even indefinitely. Now, have a look at Jesus' question. That's very telling. Jesus asks Simon, Simon, which one of them, if I cancel their debt, will love him more. 
Simon got the point. He said, I suppose Jesus, the one, he canceled the larger debt. And Jesus said, you're right, you've judged correctly. So, so there's the point of the story. If I owe you money, a large amount of money, money that I could never pay back, probably never pay back, something that would hang over me and my family, if you then come to me and cancel my debt, I, I, I think odds are you would, I would love you a little bit, a little lot, actually. If I owed you a little bit of money and if I had to manage my time a little bit and I could work it off and you would come and say, Eddie, you know, I want to cancel your debt, I would go, what's the point? You know, I could work it off. I could do it. Just give me a chance. I can manage it. And so I don't think I'd really love you. I might say thank you and walk out the door and maybe forget about it. But anyway, that's the little debt. So the point is simple. If I owe large debt, un, unable to pay the debt back, I'd love you much. If I owe a little bit of debt, I would owe you little. Simple yet profound, but Jesus then turns the screws. He then takes that little story and he applies it to the actions of the woman and the actions of Simon. He takes it from like a nice story in the clouds, a story is in his mind, and he says, this is why you do this, woman, and this is why you do this, Simon. Have a look. Have a look. <clears throat> he turns up the screws there in verse 44. Jesus turns towards the woman, the woman as she's doing these things, and, she, and then he speaks to Simon. He says, do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss. But from the time I came in, she has not ceased kissing my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loves much. But he who has been forgiven little, loves little. So in those days, there were three simple things you would do if you invited someone to your house and you honored them which is supposed to be an honored guest. This is an honored party. You would give them some water to wash their disgusting feet. You would kiss them, welcome, kiss them, welcome. And you would take olive oil, which was commonly all over the Middle East. It was a very inexpensive thing, and you would use some olive oil and, on their forehead, on their heads. That's what you do. These are three things you did to show the person who comes into your home that you honor them. What does Simon do? Not a single one of those things. Jesus says to him, you gave me no water for my feet, but this woman, her tears, she washed the feet, she hair, she dried my feet. Simon, no hello kiss, but this woman has not stopped kissing my feet since I got here, since she got here. No inexpensive drop of perfume or oil on my, olive oil on my forehead. She has poured her most expensive, probably all her savings, perfume onto my feet. And then Jesus says this to Simon. She did this because she loves me much. Why does she love me much? Because her sin is great, and I've dealt with that great sin. Have a look at verse 47. Jesus says, therefore I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loves much. 
This woman of the city, this prostitute, well known in the town, had a large debt to pay. So large that she could never actually repay it. Jesus says, it's sin and it's against me, Jesus says. That large debt was against Jesus. That's why she walked in and she didn't cry at Simon's feet. She went and cried at Jesus' feet. She cried tears of joy and love because Jesus dealt with her large debt, her sin. At the end, Jesus sends her away and says, your sins have been forgiven. Verse 50 says, uh, your faith has healed you. Go home in peace. So for her, her sin was this massive debt that she could not repay. The Bible actually tells us that the, the wages of sin, the debt to be paid for sin is death. She owed Jesus her life. She couldn't work that off. She couldn't pay that back. She couldn't manage that debt. Jesus had to manage that debt for her. That is why Jesus died the death in her place. That's what the cross is. That's where Jesus dealt with our sin. And that's why Jesus is the only one who can forgive her sin. The only one who can forgive our sin. She owed Jesus a life. And when he gave her life back, she loved him much. But that same question is asked to Simon. That same question is asked to you and me this morning. Do we see our debt? Do we see our sin? Do we see that we owe Jesus our life? Simon didn't. Look at his actions. Remember his actions? No water, no kiss, no oil. He even got angry when Jesus set that woman free and loved her. That is why they acted so differently towards Jesus. The woman saw her large debt and loved much. But Simon didn't see his large debt and he loved little. And that is a story of my life. I remember as a student, I remember thinking to myself, I'm not such a big sinner. I definitely didn't think I owed Jesus anything. I, I had a good friend. Um, he was a, he, we played sports together. We played golf together. Um, he changed. He became a Christian and he started like fluttering like this woman around Jesus' feet and I couldn't understand it. You know, one day, I remember one day I came out of my engineering classes and if you study engineering, it's like every single period possible to mankind and maybe you've got one afternoon off and that afternoon I got off, we're going to go play some sports today. And all I wanted to do was relax and all he wanted to do was talk about Jesus and it annoyed me intensely. I got so angry with him, I said to him, I said to him, Lutz, I'm an Afrikaner. All Afrikaners are Christians. By the way, that's a lie. But I said that to him. And it shut him up. And that's what I wanted. And so we finished the game. But he didn't stop. He kept inviting me back to church. He kept inviting me to places where I heard about Jesus. And like Simon, I never thought of myself as a bad guy. I'm definitely not a sinner. You know who the sinners were? Well, my friends. You should see what they get up to. You know? My friends, they are the bad guys. I was never the bad guy. I was never. It wasn't until one Sunday night 
when I saw my sin for what it was. I saw my sin as this massive debt that I could never repay, and I owed it to Jesus. I still remember that night, um, my final year at university, Sunday, morning, Sunday nights, I was invited to church, and there was a preacher. And I couldn't remember... I tried to find out, by the way, what the sermon was he preached and where he went into the Bible. And I asked him, and he couldn't tell me. So I said, yeah, you're a, you're a good sinner. You don't remember what you preached. But I asked him, and I, I couldn't, but, but I remember with his words, it's like, these words are like ringing in my ears still today. And he said, he said, he got up and he preached, and halfway through the sermon he said, heaven is not for good people. He said, heaven is for sinners that's been forgiven. Those words are like a hammer to my soul. That sentence changed my world forever. Because for the first time in my life, I saw myself as a sinner. I saw my sin as this big debt, bigger than I could ever imagine. And I owed it to Jesus. You see, my actions were just symptoms of my heart. I I realized that sin comes from my heart. And in my heart... I didn't want Jesus' help. I didn't want Jesus' life that he offered me. I didn't want to honor him. In my heart, I believed I was a reasonably good person, and so I didn't love Jesus at all. I actually hated a few things about Jesus. I saw my sin as this huge debt that I owed Jesus, this heart condition, this rebellious heart Where in my heart I said to Jesus, I don't want you. I don't need you. Stay out of my life. Sin is actually a heart condition that leads to these little actions that we we throw out every day. And my heart, I didn't want to change. My heart condition was set. I didn't want to change that. I actually loved myself. I loved that condition I was in. I was... I was a sinner to the core, and I didn't want that to change. And actually now that I mention it, or now that we come to the heart of the sin, it's actually now that I can tell you why I love Jesus. Now I'm in the best place possible to tell you why why I love Jesus. And strangely enough, I was working on my computer this weekend, up this week, and my screen is reasonably big so I can see and I, I, the question is, why do I love Jesus? I walked in, and as I was busy typing, Martin stormed into my office without knocking. You know, Martin storms in psh, without knocking. And he was, and he looked at my screen, and he looked at this question. He says, why do I love Jesus? And he just vomited on me. And let me, let me, let me tell you, this is exactly what I wanted to say, but this is what Martin said. So Martin said, I, so he read, why do I love Jesus? And Martin said, you know why? Because he loved me first. He loved me before I became a Christian. He loved me that day that I became a Christian. For some of us, it's a period of time. And he loved me after I became a Christian. Even though he calls his life, you know, um, what did he call his life? He called his life this miserable life of sin. (laughs) Have, Have a look at our passage. Just have a look at our passage. You think about our passage, you think Jesus would spend the majority of his time with a woman. The woman who loved him, who cared for him. No, he doesn't spend the majority of his time with a woman. He spends the majority of his time with Simon. 
Simon didn't honor him, no water, no oil, no nothing. Simon wanted Jesus to bring the vibe to the party. Jesus didn't. Jesus actually sought Simon out. He went to Simon's party. Even though Simon was there selfishly wanting Jesus to do for him what he wanted him to do for himself. Jesus engaged Simon with this wonderful story and then he also brought the woman as a practical illustration of what true love is. Jesus loved Simon even though Simon didn't love him back. If you look at verse 44, Jesus actually turns to the woman when she was busy doing these things, but he spoke to Simon. He engaged Simon. He loved Simon. He extended his hand to Simon. Imagine we love someone like that. Imagine, I was thinking about this, it's like, it's like wanting to love someone and all you get back from them is anger and, and venom, I suppose. It's like putting your finger in a flame, there's a candle burning, put your finger in the flame, you get burnt, you pull your finger out again. <coughs> but you put your finger back in again because there's a moth. <coughs> and you save that moth, and as soon as you save that moth, you let it go, back into the flame this moth goes. That is how Jesus loves us. That's how many times he came back for us. Jesus loved us like that so many times <coughs> that he ended up on the cross for our sins. That's how many times he came back to deal with our sins. That's a profound question that Jesus asked Simon there in verse 44. He says, Simon, do you see this woman? <coughs> Let me take a breath and get this frog. <coughs> Thank you, musicians, for your water. <laughs> Simon, do you see this woman? Because Jesus says, I see her. I see her, and I see the sin she's committed. And I loved her by forgiving her sin. That is why she ran that gauntlet coming in, coming into this meeting, this, this meal. That's why she let her hair down. That's why she anointed my, head with, my feet with oil. She loves me much because I've forgiven her sin. I've dealt with her sin. She loves me much because her debt was massive. That same question Jesus is asking you and me this morning. Thanks, Royden. Jesus is standing before each one of us this morning and he says to us, I see you. I see your sin. I see the depth of your debt, the bigness of your debt. And I want to deal with it, Jesus says. I want to forgive it. I want to send you home and I want to bring you home in peace. And like that woman, Jesus is saying to us, why don't you come to me? So I can do it for you. Outside our, on our boundary wall there, there's a big billboard. And one of the billboards says this. It says, what if I told you that someone knew everything about you and still loved you? That's Jesus. He knows everything about us, even more than we know about ourselves, and he still loves us. I hope you hear these words that Jesus is speaking to you this morning. 
and, and sees her and stretched out to you. And he says, come home. Let me give you peace. Cross that line. Eddie, these are the words he spoke to me. He said, heaven is not for good people. He said, heaven is for sinners that's been forgiven. That is why I love Jesus. Because he loved me first. And he never, ever stopped loving me since that day. Even before that day, he loved me. Despite my miserable life, using Martin's words, despite the fact that I'm not perfect, that I sin every single day, he holds on to me. I don't hold on to him. He holds on to me. He keeps on loving me. He keeps on forgiving me and bringing me home and changing me. That is why I love Jesus, because he loved me. I used this 47, and I changed a little bit of the word, so let me read it for you. Therefore, I tell you, my sins, which are many, are forgiven. That is why I love Jesus much. And my prayer is that you would see that this morning. You would see where you, where you stand. Are you standing in a camp with a woman where you love Jesus much because you've seen the debt he's paid for you? Or are you standing in the shoes of Simon and where I was where you actually don't really care much about Jesus because you don't really see your debt? Jesus says, I love you, those words. And he asks each one of us to come home, to trust him, to deal with that debt so that we can be forgiven for our sins and that we can go home in peace. Let me, let me pray for us. Um, again, um, I'm going to pray a simple prayer. I'm going to read this prayer. Um, if this is a prayer you want to pray, uh, you can pray it in your heart. But before you do that, let me just tell you what that prayer is. <clears throat> I'm going to say, thank you, Lord Jesus, that you love me. Um, help me to see my sin and the great debt I owe you. Help me to see the payment for my sin that you paid on the cross to set me free and to bring me home. And I'm going to ask, please, will you forgive me and give me peace and then help me to live for you. So that's my prayer. If that's the prayer you want to pray in your heart. Please pray it softly um, as I pray it now. Let's close our eyes. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you love us first. Help us to see our sin and the great debt we owe you. Help us see the great payment you paid for our sins on the cross to set us free and to bring us home. Please will you forgive us. Please will you forgive me and give me peace and help me to live for you. Amen.